Live streamed. Live streamed. <coughs> Meeting is being live streamed. That means we're recording it. It's just uh, Freddie and I here. Uh, actually, Dan will be on the show in about uh, 45 minutes. Yeah, he's, uh, it'll be interesting to see because he's at Lumby's place in France. And uh, yes. Lumby's on with him this morning. Yes. It's actually like Lumby's monthly visit, and Dan just happens to be there. How exciting is that? No, yeah, it's very in a, cool. In a few weeks, that you'll be in that position as well. Uh, yeah, we're, we talked. I can't remember if this was on the actual uh, podcast yesterday, but we're going to try, or you and I were talking about it before. Uh, we're going to try and hook up uh, another special edition like we did with you and I and Darren and Dan at the trailer, depending on, because you're going to be in New Orleans and I'm going to be in the south of France. It'll be cool. I mean, it really does sound like we're living the life, but mostly we just sit around by ourselves and watch TV. Yes. Most assuredly. (laughs) So I I was telling you something as well before the show about me going to do some research yesterday on uh, phones. And so, you know, I know that, you know, it's what was yesterday? Monday, the middle of the day at the mall. It's not the busiest time. So I went to the Bell store. They had one guy working and there was a couple there that he was uh, clients. So I went away to kill some time. (laughs) uh, Here's what I didn't tell you before the show. So I was like, you know, it's about 1230 or quarter one. I'm kind of hungry and I'm not sure what I, I, I'm not sure what I want to eat. And I didn't want to go all the way to the food court because I didn't want to sort of, I wanted to keep an eye on the, on the, I wanted to make sure I was the next person to get served. Mm -hmm. So next to the bell store is uh, one of those places that sells like special pretzels and such Mm -hmm. like a pretzel store. And and so I'm like, I don't know if I want a pretzel for a snack. It seems like, but what they had was mini hot dogs inside of pretzels. Oh, those. Yes. Have you? Mm -hmm. Because I've never had one before. Yes. So I bought, you could buy six or 12. And then the lovely woman working there, she was a lovely woman. Six or 12 hot dogs? A little, they're mini, little mini hot dogs, like uh, maybe like an oh, inch like long. cocktail wieners type thing. Yeah, like tiny hot dogs stuffed inside okay. of pretzels. Nice. You could, yeah, you could buy six or you could buy 12. And so I bought so six. the 12? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Oh, you bought six. Uh, and six. Uh, what's that? You bought six and, and then six. No, I, here's the thing. She said to me, do you want uh, extra salt or butter? And I said, what do you recommend? Because I've never had them before. She says, I like the butter on them. I'm like, okay. And she was right. I had six of them there. They just sort of covered them. They're, they've served them warm, covered in a little bit of butter. <laughs> and I thought of our conversation about Noom. Like, like last April or May, even into May, if you'd said, hey, do you want six mini hot dogs stuffed inside a pretzel covered in butter? I'd be like, no. But I ate them up yesterday, man. Did you have mustard on them too? I did not. Oh, just a little bit. The butter was all you needed. I know. Have you had those? uh, And they're just obviously not good for you. They're those sort of square looking pretzels and they have peanut butter in the middle. And I don't, I'm not even sure it's real peanut butter. I know what you're talking about. It's a candy, right? I guess, but it's not sweet. It's a pretzel. Yeah. Peanut butter. So, no, it's not sweet. It's a pretzel with, it's salty with peanut butter. Um, They're very good, but I'm not even sure the peanut butter is like real peanut butter. I don't know exactly what it is. They claim it is, but those things are, 
those one of those they're one of those things of the jars there you just keep eating them you know, I don't want to put you on the spot. To, you, you literally have to take them to a different room. Do you know the stop. name of them? Because uh, I've seen them. I know what you're talking uh, about. <clears throat> offhand, no. No, I didn't think so. I try not to buy. I bought them once and like just killed a, like a big bucket. In. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, they I serve stopped. them. They serve, when, you, know, you know it's not good for you when they serve it by the bucket. Um, but that was my first, and I'm going to say last time. I thought when I get back from uh, this trip, I may have to go back to the Bell Store, and I might have another six half dozen pretzel infused mini hot dogs. There's another thing we've been getting uh, lately, and I can't remember the name. Maybe I'll I'll have the name by tomorrow. They're crackers though, and one half is pretzel, and one half the other side is regular cracker what they're really good yeah one side is pretzel yeah do you want to go see one side is pretzel and the other side go yeah go ahead i don't care yeah Yeah, go ahead here's for you people who aren't watching us on facebook um fred's leaving his uh humble and fred studios and i guess it's in his rec room and going up to see what the name of the half pretzel half cracker is in the meantime <clears throat> i'm just going to tell you i wouldn't say you should have the mini hot dog inside the pretzel covered in butter all the time but you should do yourself a favor and have it once because it was delicious and how they serve it is they serve it in a bag and uh they have little toothpicks in be you know they so you just basically dip your hand in the bag and then you pull it out toothpick oh there you go these are townhouse uh, I like recto versos. Yeah. <laughs> what, what does it's it say in French? French? What's the word in French there, Freddie? Turn it to the camera. Well, recto verso. Nice. That's the French. They're actually yeah. called flip, flip sides. sides. Pretzel on one side, cracker on the other. They're very good. Isn't that interesting? I've never even heard of that. And 10 of them. 10 crackers is just 150 calories. Very little trans fat. 19 grams of carbohydrate with 10. But anyway, they're very good with some cheese or what have you. Mm -hmm. Everything is good with cheese. But my daughter, Melanie, had bought them and brought them up north. And we so enjoyed them that we've been buying them lately. Uh... This wasn't when we planned to do this. I don't know that I had a plan, but this will be a nice tie-in to uh, this thing that came out. These are uh, Canadian candy treats. Maybe you people on social media have seen this post. Uh, Very interesting. It's about 20, and maybe for older people you relate to this, but it's about 20 different candy bars that are uniquely Canadian. I don't know, is it because they don't sell these anywhere else? I don't know about that, but uh, they're definitely Canadian. And in the bit on social media, you can only pick three. And I'll tell you what, I'll give you your first go. You pick your first, what's your first choice of this? i tell you what I'll do for you Facebook people, so I'll put it up on uh, Facebook now. Uh, you what go ahead and pick. First, yeah, what first your, yeah. Probably coffee, Chris. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll tell you where I'm going first. Where's that? Number 11. Crunchy. Oh, forever. 
favorite bar. Crunchy has been my favorite bar. This actually, what predates Crunchy for me, yes, is nickel sponge toffee. We've had this conversation. That was one of my favorite candies was that square sort of hunk of sponge toffee. Yeah. No, I picked Coffee Crisp. If I, I believe Kit Kat is Canadian, too. I don't believe you can get Kit Kat in the States. That would be my top. But it's not on the list. No. But Coffee Crisp, you know, not far off that sort of feel. So I go I first. Used, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you no go. Mike, I was going to say, my first one was Crunchy, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's not just co- because there's a couple other things. There's Maltesers. There's Smarties. There's something I never knew. I, I didn't. I never heard of those uh, bones. What are those called? Chicken bones? Chicken bones. Yeah, I've yeah. heard of them, but I, I, I'm surprised they're on the list because. But I've had them as an adult. They, I, they wasn't, those were not part of my childhood. I'll tell you what. They're very good. What are they? They're just sort of hard candy. And inside is like a sort of chocolate. Oh, yeah, so but my first one is crunchy. I'll tell you what, though, nostalgic wise, my second one, Macintosh toffee. Yeah, remember cracking that? Yeah, and then eating the pieces. I used to get a, when I was a kid eat more. I like too. That's like sort of molasses and peanuts, and I used to enjoy an eat more bar. Again, I don't see these. Like the cherry blossom at yes. number twenty, I remember those as a kid, but I don't. Do you still see those? I, I've never. I haven't seen one as a grown up or semi grown up, whatever I am. Here, I'm putting. If, if you're uh, listening to this later, uh, you can go check out our Facebook page now. Whenever you are downloading the podcast, and if you're watching it now, the uh, list of candies is going up. It's just posting here. Yeah. And for those that can't see it, Arrow, Caramel, uh, Smarties, Coffee Crisp, Bounty, Big Turk, Big uh, Mr. Big, okay. Crunchy, Eat More, Dairy Milk, all that kind of thing. You, yeah, here, you, just, you just said yeah. another one that would be in my top three, Big What's Turk. That? Used to love yeah, it. I, yeah, I like those, tur- yeah, the Turkish taffy inside the, yeah, man. the chocolate. You know, Wunderbars are pretty good, too. Wunderbars. Wunderbar. I'll tell you what I did not like, and I'm, I'm sure it's a similar for a lot of people. And by the way, Coffee Crisp is fine, because it makes a nice like snack, as you said. <laughs> but uh, Bounty Bars, just too much coconut. Let's just, like, yeah. a little bit too aggressive with the coconut. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> Jersey, I agree. Yeah, I was going to say, Jersey Milk also always <clears throat> tasted too grown up, I think, for a kid. <clears throat> there you go. Did you try and hit your little cough switch? <laughs> okay, now you've turned your mic on. I think you just did it oh, in reverse. Sorry. No, it's all right. Jesus Christ, man. That thing is... Anyway. Uh, yeah, Jersey Milk. That was the type of thing my mom got. Yeah, exactly. It seemed very grown up. Um, I'm waiting for you to bring it up. I, 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 the, one, the one thing on this list that was fascinating and that it tasted so good initially and then tasted so bad... So soon. What am I talking about? Industrial strength thrills? Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I know. To me, when you first put them in your mouth, it was almost like a a, like a, a cleaner or something. I yes. Can't, I, I never really liked them even from the outset. But there's one of those. They, they were one of those candies that initially, if you like that flavor, it was bursting with it. But what was fascinating is how quickly it turned shitty. Yeah. 
Yeah, they they certainly did. Well, Double Bubble did too. Uh yeah, yeah. Not not that fast. No, but remember how? I, but see, I was a kid. I I didn't have thrills. I my mom always had chiclets in her purse, so I she'd always have yellow chiclets. So that was when I had gum. It was usually that. Mm-hmm. I never went for the thrills too often. Um, by the way, also like what what is the difference between crispy crunch and a crunch? And a crunchy. Well, the crunchy is mine. That's got the uh, sponge toffee. But the other ones, I don't think, have sponge toffee in them, do they? No, the crunch bar is more like Rice Krispies in the chocolate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're actual Rice Krispies, but that type of thing, where a crispy crunch is more whatever that is. People know what that is. You don't have to explain what a crispy crunch is. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, surprise! Kit Kat's not there because I I I may be mistaken, but I some makes me think Kit Kat is the number one selling chocolate bar in the country. Uh, I, I, uh, again, I, I, I don't. No. I think I've heard of that recently. I have no data on that. And remember, uh, yeah, I never went much for caramel either. Yeah, the caramel thing uh, was only fascinating because of the commercials about the caramel secret. Yes. Caramel bars were good if you froze them and then put them in your mouth frozen and then they slowly melted in your mouth with the frozen caramel. I didn't mind that. I think my sister used to do that. You know, I, I really like, I could eat any of this chocolate. As I love frozen chocolate. Not too frozen, but like cold. Smarties is on the list. Yeah, whatever. Like you say, cherry blossom. I probably, yeah, I remember it as a kid. Uh, coffee crisp, too grown up. Glossettes, whatever. Glossettes were, well, I, I think glossettes have lost their luster. I like the peanut more than the raisin. Yes, me too. Mm-hmm. Never was a big Maltesers fan. No. And I think we've covered it all. Mr. Big, uh, now Mr. Big, is, uh, don't they have like an extra big Mr. Big? Don't know. No, me neither. Well, I know they've supersized a lot of those. Sure. Um, those uh, chocolate bars. Anyway. Have fun with family and friends, and uh, if you want to go check out this list, you can on our Facebook page. I uh, mentioned I was uh, driving. I uh, was in my uh, the electric vehicle from EVNet. I was, I'm testing it out for a week. I've got a Tesla, a Model 3. I drove it to uh, Uxbridge yesterday, the Ontario Golf Hall of Fame at uh, Wooden Sticks. It's a golf course there. And uh, I'll talk about the driving experience later, but I was there and it was uh, for my friend Tim O'Connor, who was given this award, a part of the Ontario Hall of Fame uh, as a journalist. And there was two or three of them there and it was a lovely affair. They had a sushi bar, which I always like, you know, and um, and a big celebrity who uh, it was very nice to run into. uh, Mr. Rod Black was the uh, master of ceremonies. Was he? When they could have had you? Dude, I want to tell you something right now. What? Mr. Rod Black is a completely different level. He was so good. He really was. I appreciate you saying that you had me. But no, Mr. Rod Black yeah. is so good at that. He's very, uh, man, he was, I sent him a note. Like he, he didn't see me before the, the proceedings started. And, uh, so I, I, I wanted him to know I was in the audience. So after one of the times that he went to the podium and came back and sat down, I just sent him some texts. <laughs> I said, uh, I said, you're a very fine MC. 
<laughs> then, then, uh, then I get nothing. And then I send him another one. Does emceeing give you a boner? <laughs> and, oh, nice. <laughs> yes, of course. And he says, I got one now and I saw you. And uh, then he says, great to see you, man. Anyway, I stuck around. I had a nice chat with him after. But he was very, very good. And uh, it was fun watching him do his thing. And uh, everyone enjoyed his r- repartee or whatever. Does he have a good uh, mix of uh, serious and yeah. funny and little stories, little anecdotes and what have you? I, I, I'm going to listen. There's an, all jokey jokes on the humble and Fred aside. I mm-hmm. thought he did excellent, and I really was. I was sitting there, and yeah, of course, part of me is like, well, can't, why didn't they ask the how man? But uh, because uh, he, had, he was all of that. He was very, very respectful to the game, and he was funny, told some cute stories about each of their recipients, and just very good. Uh, you know, mentioned that I was there because I was, you know, working with Tim on the podcast, and it was just, it was very sweet. What do you think they'd pay him for that last night? Oh, he's just, he was a volunteer. <laughs> well, I don't. Volunteer. Oh, yeah, and he was, brought his A game? Wow. <laughs> That's right. He did bring his A game. I sent him a note after. I go, dude, you did a great job. That was great. It was masterful. Shouldn't you save that for paid gigs? Wow. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't that. Listen, it was a small gig. There might have been 75 people at this little ceremony. Oh, that's nice. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, of course. I have, to, I have to ruin it by sending him boner texts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you can bet your ass not one other person in that room did that. <laughs> I know. I was so excited when I saw that I had, because I, I can't remember why I have his contact information. I think he and I were doing something on another sports show a couple years ago. Anyway, yeah, I did that just for funsies. Speaking of uh, Canadian celebrities, this guy sends me a picture last night. Just uh, east of Peterborough, there's this uh, little town called Norwood. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they over the weekend they had the Norwood Fair or last weekend. And this guy takes a picture of his kid in the petting zoo, right? Or the petting farm, whatever you call it, you know, petting a goat. Mm. And then he gets home and he looks at the picture and standing just outside the corral witnessing this. And he didn't even know at the time was Neil Young and uh, Daryl Hannah. <laughs> Okay, what? Yeah, Neil Young and Daryl Hannah are like standing at the Norwood Fair just outside the corral where they have this petting zoo watching this these kids pet animals. And again, the picture was taken without knowing. Like the picture wasn't taken of them. The picture was taken of the kid petting the thing. And then afterwards it was like, who's that in the background? Oh, my God, that's Neil Young and Daryl Hannah because they... He, apparently, he's a bit of a COVID freak. He's wearing a mask, and so is she, mm-hmm. outside. Yeah, yeah. Heading, probably half of it, so they won't be recognized. But he's so easily recognizable with his hair and those little hats he wears. But I just thought that was uh, very interesting. That's number cool. One, it's Neil Young, number two. He's at the Norville Fair. Like, hey, Daryl, let's go to the Norville Fair or the Norwood Fair. I wonder what Daryl Hannah thinks about all that. You know, there she was. This Hollywood star, you know, parties in Malibu and New York apartments. And there she is now with yeah. some old aging rock star. And he's like, well, today, I don't know how yeah. talk. today we're going to go to the Nor- Norwood. Was it Norwood? Norwood. Yeah. Norwood Petting Zoo, honey. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was interesting. There's a certain charm to that. Yeah, but, absolutely. But apparently he bought a place on Stony Lake and has spent a lot of time there, especially during COVID, but obviously up here now. But of course, he has family up here as well. But I saw this and then I have this movie service thing with, you know, that I can watch movies. Mm, do you? And, uh, yeah. Interesting. So I call up Summer Lovers because I always remember Daryl Hannah in that movie, Summer Lovers, 1982. Where Daryl Hannah and her boyfriend go to Greece and then meet this other girl and they have, you know, a little three-way relationship the whole time they're in, I, th- I believe it's Santorini. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, so I was watching that just, you know. <laughs> yeah, for research purposes, yeah. And then Delise walks down and goes, what are you watching? Because I think it was a thing where <laughs> he's getting it on with Daryl Hannah and the other girl's just laying there on her side watching. And I said, then what did you, what did you say? I said, Hey, this is, this Daryl Hannah. This is, uh, this is Neil Young's girlfriend 40 years ago. Look, doll. Yeah. Petting zoo. Whatever. (laughs) whatever. (laughs) You remember that movie? Uh, I remember the name of the movie. I don't really remember it. Well, steamy hot for its time. Sure. So what did Doll do when you said, okay, uh, what happened was uh, in Petting Zoo, Neil Young, Summer Lovers, Daryl Hannah. She said, whatever. Yeah. And then went back upstairs. Did did you want to know why there was a box of tissues next to you on the the couch? But uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was sort of full circle. There she is, probably 20 years old in this movie from 1982 and as i said the whole subject matter was quite you know steamy i'll use the word erotic um and there she is in her 60s with neil young and he looks somewhat disheveled at the norwood petting zoo so yeah it was yeah it goes back to what you say the, the life she's led and here and now the one she leads with Neil. But it goes back to what you said, too. There's a certain charm in that. And I'm assuming mm-hmm. that she's the type of person who, if she was to be with Neil Young, mm-hmm. that this is the kind of thing that. But I just wonder, like any of her friends, you know, Hollywood friends. So what did you do today, Daryl? Well, we went to a petting zoo <laughs> at Norwood. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But I also think there's a certain charm to the way Canadian celebrities like Rod Black, um, I'm, you know, but I'm just in general, I think that, you know, I'm sure a lot of Canadians have stories of running into, whether it's yeah. Neil Young or Gord, the late Gord Downey or one mm-hmm. of the bare naked ladies and something. And, and because, and you know, the, the fact that Getty Lee goes to all the Blue Jay games or a lot right. of Jays games, ne- no one bothers them. Like there's not the same yeah. frenzy around our Canadian well, the point was made with this is that, you know, Neil Young and Daryl Hannah at the fair got a lot of double takes, but nobody really bugged him. Right. And it goes back to that story. Remember from last year when I went into the restaurant and he was there a couple of tables over and I didn't know until he was gone. Same thing. The reason I didn't know he was there till he was gone because nobody was bugging him. Yeah. And this is like a, you know, he's near the top of all time Canadian celebrities. Wouldn't you think Neil Young? Yeah, in, ter- in terms of worldwide fame? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, when, when Stern interviewed him, I guess it was last year or maybe the year before, I don't remember, but you could hear how just uh, oh, yeah. the reverence. And Stern is, Stern's mm-hmm. not just for the celebrityhood of Neil Young, but Stern's such mm-hmm. a music fan. 
Yeah. And, and such a music fan of that time of music in the 70s, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, etc. But you could hear the reverence mm-hmm. that Stern had for Neil Young. Oh, crazy. Even in a way that even more so than some of the sort of movie star celebrities he's had on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know. I heard that one. It was fantastic. Really was. And you're right. It just. Well, and, you know, and I, I think a lot of us could relate to it because, you know, Neil talks about putting those albums on like after the gold rush, you know, when he was a teenager and loving, loving them so much. I can relate to that. Yeah. I mean, I had that album and Harvest and, you know, I was 15, 16 at the time or whatever I was and just play the shit out of those albums love them so much yeah um do you want to get into the show because there's a canadian music uh list as well i wanted to run by you all right we don't have to i mean i like the pre-show uh by the way thank you very lists are good good. uh by the way there's a a whole bunch of people and i i just put it up on our what did i put it up on twitter yesterday uh, the Humble and Fred Twitter and my own just basically put a picture of us. Actually, it wasn't even us. It was a picture of the studio, the original studio, uh, just the way the board looked and the, the the dining room table. And I just put up a thing. It said 11 years ago today. And uh, we got a lot of response. And so Thursday, what I'm going to do is I'm going to screen cap a bunch of it for you. And then Thursday, when we do our emails, then... Um, you know, then we can uh, discuss. But I just want to let everyone know that we really appreciate it. There were so many nice notes, people talking about how long they've been listening to us and that type of thing. Okay. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. What, you were mentioning a bunch of Neil Young songs, but I, I got a, and I like a lot of Neil Young no, songs. No, the albums. After right. The and the albums, exactly. And but, Harvest, which I really love. But this is. Uh, I think this is one of my favorite Neil Young songs. I'm not sure what version of it is, of it this is, but this is definitely one of my top five Neil Young. Oh, this is a tribute to Neil Young. Okay, that's sorry. Cover, yeah. yeah, but it's... Uh, no, I know. Those albums, remember, though, that Southern Man, uh, you know, um, Old Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, all those songs. I wonder why I couldn't. Why, I wonder why that came up. Needle and the damage done. That's really weird that his. You know what? It may, may, did he not? Did he take all his songs off Spotify? Is that why? Oh, he may. That's right. Remember? That's why. Because none of the none of his stuff is coming up here. It's all stuff or tributes to. Because of Joe Rogan. Yeah. Okay. Well, that explains that. Uh, all right. Well, well I must say. Do you know? <clears throat> again, I don't want to. Yeah. You know who Candace Owen is? Uh, she's a, um, I can't remember, she's a right-wing, I can't, yes. is she a congresswoman? Or no, she's no, just, a, just a... She's an influence. Okay. Yes, then I do. I've, no, I'm vaguely aware of her. She's, she's pretty smart. I think she identified that America's right-wing needs a black person cheerleader. Yes. And from that, she could make a lot of money, and that's what she's become. To me, it's very calculated and phony. Anyway, she's on with uh, Joe Rogan, and uh, he's pinning her down about climate change, and uh, it's very interesting, you know, because she has really no depth to her at right. all. Right? It's just I don't believe it. Well, yeah, based on what? Well, I just don't believe the data. 
okay, but whoa, how can you say that? What do you know? What's your background with this type of data that would lead you to that conclusion? It's 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 like a lot of climate deniers. Yeah. It's just they've decided, I don't want to believe that. It's inconvenient. So yeah. Well, I, it's, I be- it. it's because fossil fuels are, you know, where all yeah. the poor people work. And mm-hmm. it's but I got to hand it to her because now, like, she's a, she's a prop, really. So whenever these people think, oh, boy, I got to, it's time for me to look like I'm not as racist as I am. I'll, I'll have Candace Owen on. Mm-hmm. People, yeah, people, I, I well, won't think I'm racist. I, I watched a five-minute clip that... This guy, Ron Filipkowski, he's part of that sort of left-wing media watcher, whatever you have. And it's just a five-minute clip of people like Candace Owen over the last week saying just outrageously bizarre shit. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that uh, they don't have an answer for anything. That's really one of the things about being, and it's similar in our country. Yeah. That when you're in the opposition, like like the conservatives have been now for some time, and the liberals were like that before, in opposition, you don't have to have answers. You just have to have great questions. Well, that's right. And he's pinning her down, and she, you know, he's saying, okay, you, be, you can't say you don't believe in it. What you got to say is, you know, you might be skeptical of it and then present your reasons. And she said, well, it's like asking me if I believe in God. He said, no, it's not, because we can see and touch climate change. That's right. God, we can't do that. So that's a bad analogy. And again, they always they all it's funny that they're the worst people. Yeah. They all lean on the teachings of Jesus, but they pick and choose the ones because yes. the teachings of Jesus, it, a lot of them were all about socialism and feeding the hungry and taking care of one another. And, you know, his message was one of peace and he was a brown skinned Jew. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we got to start the show. Yeah, start her up. Uh, Let me just tell these guys to stand by because we're not ready yet. Uh, we got to do a couple things, including start the show. Um yeah, it's quite something. Uh, da, da, da. How do I do this? Oh, yeah. Hang on a second. Hang on. Closing that. Oh, here we go. I'm using multiple screens. It's quite something. All right. Hang on. Here we go. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in trendy Toronto and beautiful Brampton. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. And now here are two men who collect fall leaves, press them into books, and trade them with each other for the ones they don't have. Mm. And an elm for a beach is fair, by the way. Even Annie Ruby thinks so. <laughs> it's Humble and Fred. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Auntie Ruby now is a reference on the show. Thank you, Dan Duran. Dan Duran will be, uh, I think he's at Lumbee's. You never know with Dan, though. Made him gone off on another adventure. It's great to have everybody here. Freddie, let's uh, begin by uh, thanking these fine folks. Uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for uh, companies, say, with uh, one to a hundred employees. You can get a free quote today. Go to chamberplan.ca, get your free quote, read the uh, uh, the testimonials as well. Uh, the names are there, the companies are there, how it's worked for them. It's a, it's a brilliant thing, really. Uh, it's so smart to do this for your employees. They appreciate the fact that you think enough of them 
to involve them in a benefits package. You know, that's a big thing for employment. That's security, it's prescriptions, it's dental, even travel insurance, okay? Therapies, uh, there's an HR component, uh, they have a mental health uh, opportunity now. It's it's all there. They've, they've thought about this thing top to bottom, and it really works. 30,000 Canadian businesses are part of this. They've been around for 40 years. Uh, they keep the premiums under control because it's so large they can do that. That's the Chamber Plan, chamberplan.ca. Our newest sponsor, EVNet. Go to EVNet.ca and find out more. The uh, I'm just going to tell you, I, until three or four days ago, I'd been in an electric vehicle. I, I'd never driven one. And again, yesterday I drove to Uxbridge and back. It was about an hour and 10 each way. And I got to experience this car and all these electric vehicles. And I, I had this long conversation I was telling you with Rudra because I was asking, because he's got one and I was asking him questions about them. And a bunch of our listeners have weighed in and I've got some email feedback that we'll uh, read in a couple of days. But basically at EVNet, what they're focused on is making EVs easy and affordable. They do this by educating their clients about EVs and how economical they have proven to be all the while operating as a used EV dealership. As we'll all come to understand, this is not a traditional car dealership there's a whole bunch of things that sort of set them apart for instance what what i'm experiencing now is this what you can which is you can rent it before you own it what that option gives is potential buyers the opportunity to try it before buying because unlike traditional you know car dealerships you basically go in there they take it for a test drive you know a lot of these ev dealerships freddie don't have a car for you to test drive so what, what? this yes my friend uh ev uh, ned understands that there is a learning curve associated with transitioning from an ice that's an internal combustion engine. I don't want to get too technical. Uh, to an EV or electric vehicle, renting allows the client to go on an extended test drive in a sense. Uh, you get to sort of figure out, hey, how does this thing work? How long do I have to charge it? What is a charging station, etc.? And this is just part of the experience. We'll be telling you more as uh, the weeks and months uh, go on. They also have a unique app that allows for clients to set up and rent their vehicles from various locations. And the app can be found like a a lot of information at evnet.ca and it's not just teslas by the way they've got bolts konas outlanders the nissan leaf and so much more evnet.ca okay do to do to do do so uh lumby's early do you want to get lumby on here a little earlier uh do we because really we, we've got about another few minutes theoretically before we're supposed to get them on but we should maybe get a little bit get in there early so that, um, you know, we can uh, talk a little bit about, you know, what Dan's doing. You know, I know the audience is desperate to figure out if he got to uh, where Lumby lives. So let's uh, let's get them on it. And Lumby has sent me a note today asking me if I can bring something to him in France. And it wasn't what I thought that he would need. Uh, and that's what's happening now. As soon as we get Jeff to sign in. What, like a Canadian thing? Yes. Like I saw a note from Jeff. Oh, look at yeah. those two babies. Mm-hmm. I saw a note from Jeff when I woke up, and he's like, Hey, um, can you bring this thing? Oh, look at these guys having a nice glass of wine. In France. Jeff said, uh, Jeff's note was like, um, Jeff said, request, subject line. Hey, H, can you bring me a couple of these from Canada? And we can discuss it on the show if you like. And when I op- before I opened it, I assumed, and for some reason I thought it was going to be something else. 
And it turned out to be uh, completely not what I expected. Hello, boys. Guys, we're doing it. There's only, a, there's only oh. about 12 people that can see you. So, Sorry. Yeah, maybe you can oh, describe oh, what oh, you're oh, doing. Oh, oh, in that case, do you want to make bring it closer to the mic? Yes, they're drinking Dad. wine. There we go. <laughs> Where's the baguettes and cheese? Is well, we've good? already had them, Fred, but thanks for asking. Yeah, the baguettes in Dan's pants. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey. Yeah, nice one. Thank hey. you. Bonjour, bonjour. Did you hear what I was bonjour. just saying there, Lumby, while you were doing your little yeah. pantomime? Yeah, I'm. I'm able to ignore and uh, absorb at all at the same time. Oh, is that what you call that? Mm-hmm. I want to get I, I, quickly. I just want to get Jeff's uh, perspective on the way that Dan's um, clank has become like sort of a go-to, a crutch for us. What do you think of that whole? It is a crutch. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Who, who, who wouldn't think it was a crutch? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, e- even the audience who's n- who are not radio people, they know it's a crutch. It is, it is a crutch. Why do you think he's called tripod? <laughs> okay, you're right in there. That's good. Yeah, so that, you're going to say very lowbrow. It is low. Well, oh, it is. God, it's God. it's way below Lumby's level of humor. Oh, now, okay. So that little thing with the tinking of the glasses—that's to show us what that you're in France with with Dan and having a a beautiful. What time is it there? It's uh, way along, man. And play along. I am it's playing a, along. You mean like you were playing along with the deodorant bit? Mm-hmm. I love. Uh, if you could, uh, that would be what we call a quality guest appearance uh, in France. If you could bring me some pit stop, that would be great. Well, Thank explain you. explain to the audience what what I was talking about because I found well, it. Uh, so I'll go well, along with your bit first, and then you go along with my bit. Well, no, I'm going along with your bit. There's lots of time. I hope. Uh, no, it's just that uh, there are certain things that uh, are better in Canada and certain things that are better in France. Uh, Chewing gum is a good example of something that's better in Canada. And Dan brought enough chewing gum for my wife to probably last a year. Good boy, Dan. That's a a quality guest appearance. Right. Um, John and Stacey brought some Dijon mustard. We're starting to see some tricklings of that. But I can't get the right pit stop. And uh, I like Ocean Spray. Ocean Surf, actually, is what oh, this... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Thank you. So, Ocean, excuse me. Ocean Spray is cranberry juice. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, what, they do, what Lumby does is he's got a very unique uh, deodorant regime. He takes Ocean Cranberry and he just rubs it over his... <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just rubs it on himself. Um, yeah. Okay, well, here's my question, though, because I'm not checking any luggage. I'll buy you all the Ocean Surf speed stick you want, but, like, it, am I, how much am I allowed to have in my carry-on? 100 yeah. mils. I, I, I worked this at a Dijon even, mushroom. Even, the, even pit stop? Well, I think that's not. That's considered something else. But you can check on that. You well, I'm going to check on it, so I'll bring you oh, up. Well, I don't want you to go. Jesus, this all, all, no, this will be the most expensive. No, 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 no. Don't don't go out of your way that far to checking on it, because I'll never hear the end of it. Remember that time where I actually had to go on and I had to check on a website for you? for your Wow. <laughs> Tess, I, sound, oh, no, no. I, I bet you oh, can't no. wait for my visit. I sound great. <laughs> I, um, I went through the uh, website in my being for, for, for Dijon mustard. It is considered a liquid. Well, no, Dijon mustard is, but what about... A, I don't think Pit Stop is considered a liquid. It's probably not. But, no. Howard, are you going exclusively carry-on? Yes, I'm not going to pack anything. I'm not... Uh, so did Dan and uh, Lisa. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. When I saw that note this morning... I, I was worried that it was something else that I've already got to bring you, and I don't want to talk about it now, but I... I, I well, then I, don't. No, no, it's okay. So I, but I'm going to bring this, too. But I, when I saw your note, I was like, oh, shit. 
he's not asking me to get this other thing that I wanted to get you on my own. So, uh, but it wasn't. So I'm going to get you some pissed off. I'm going to go to shoppers. It's no problem. And I'll get a, okay. an, a, an, an assortment. Do you want an assortment or just ocean surf? Just Ocean Surf, please. Yeah, but is it a particular <laughs> fragrance? Thing? Yes. It's, it's Ocean It's surf. called Ocean Surf by Speedstick. It's oh, I get it. Oh, so that's the fragrance. Yes. Right? yes. Surf, okay. All right. Well, I, I, mean, I bet you it smells exactly like an Ocean Surf. Ocean Surf. Well, not after a couple hours, but <laughs> That's right. Then it smells like sour old men. I'm a little confused here. Dijon mustard, isn't that French to begin with? Yeah, exactly. Uh, thanks for opening that can yes, of Yes, thank you. Uh, so two years ago, Canada had a major drought in agriculture, specifically the mustard seed. Okay. Uh, Dijon mustard, uh, which is made in France, relies heavily on Canadian mustard seeds. So that's something that's oh. good to know. Well, that's a so, fun fact. That is. Uh, it is. And so it's, it's uh, you know, it's a handshake across the ocean. Uh, but... Um, Along with so they've they've been forced to go and get Czechoslovakian mustard seed and and through the period of time I'm I'm going to say since June mm. between June and now there mm. has been no mustard mm. in France. Wow, well, it was also a Ukrainian mustard seed and, U- and Ukrainian they, they mustard. Seed. Yeah, Ukraine. we know what's going on with them. Yeah. Uh, how much mustard? How much Dijon mustard? Where's he leaving now? Well, how much Dijon mustard do you go through? Well, no, Julie uses it for almost every salad dress. Oh, right? nice. Yeah, so, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. So, emulsifier. Uh, emulsifier. Emulsifier, says Dan. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to be happy to go get you some Ocean Surf, and I'm still going to bring you ooh, the other thing that I was going to bring you. So, Okay. Um, no, I that's very fine. But again, I, I totally understand, and Dan had to pull the pin on, on the mustard because he's just carrying on it. I totally get it. You're trying not to get wound up in the whole nightmare of checking luggage and, and you know, yeah. looking forward to coming yeah, down. Delise and I are going to uh, New Orleans for four days on Monday, and I proposed that idea to her. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just both have carry-on? Out of the question for her. You know what? It, it's, what? It's funny because it's out of the question for Julie as well. However, we had friends come in August and they were going to a wedding in the Netherlands and they managed to put everything in carry on. I don't know how they did it. They're going to a wedding. And I know this place we're going to has a washer and a dryer, like, you know, th- like three pairs of underwear, three T-shirts, and a yeah. couple of pairs of shorts. Just wash the bastards. Don't. Yeah. Just wash And we have in our sheet for all of you uh, mm-hmm. uh, is, is a, a washer-dryer combo. Mm-hmm. And all our guests come. They use the washer-dryer combo. It's mm-hmm. civilized. What kind of um, laundry detergent do they have over there? Do they have, like, Tide and stuff like that? Do you want to bring you some special Canadian laundry detergent? No, that wouldn't make it past customs. No, actually, it's funny. Their laundry detergent and soaps are... Uh, we don't. I don't think we use... I think they have Tide, but I think we use oh. some other stuff. It, it, they're, they're quite good. Uh, but just for some reason, certain products aren't. Like, I've had a hell of a time finding the right pit stop. And so what do you use when you don't have Speedstick Ocean Surf? Well... Here's the funny thing. I yes. still use a Menon product, but for some reason, it just doesn't work for me. Well, just, and, and describe, when you say it doesn't work, you don't, you don't like the smell, or does your natural stink permeate the deodorant? Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, I think part of it might have been the, the changeover, where you know you kind of get your body gets used to certain 
uh, fragrance and then yeah. and then rejects anything else. I don't know. But have you not heard on the show? I brought this up a couple times. Maybe Dan has that one of my armpits because I basically my whole life I've never really had to deal with a lot of B.O., but for some reason in my 60s, my left armpit has gone rogue. Like, <laughs> like I put on deodorant every day, but at the end of the day, like this one armpit doesn't, it's not, it's not being, it's not, it's not being deodorized anymore. It just stinks. Try ocean surf. <laughs> well, you know what I'll do? Without you knowing, maybe I'll just throw a little bit on. You'll be like, wait a second, you smell like me. <laughs> well, are you, so are you, are you and Randy looking, are you getting excited about, but by the way, the weather has been changing and changing and changing yeah, in I saw your it. favor. Yeah, I you saw that. that. Yeah, I saw Paris was going to be like raining for the first three or four days. Now it's going to be nice on Friday when we land. I haven't checked your area, but uh, no, the way, first of all, to answer your question, She's so excited. And and Randy's doing well with the carry-on. Like she came over and we were talking about we were she was here for one of the kids things and talking about what we're going to pack and I said that exactly, Fred. There's not only laundry at the Lumbies when we get to Jeff's a week from today, Jeffrey. But yeah. there's there's laundry where we're staying. So I'm only bringing enough, mm-hmm. you know, under things <laughs> panties and things i'm only bringing enough to get through a few days because i don't want to pack too much because part yeah. of the thing is with me i don't know about you freddie but i'm gonna wear the same thing almost every day you know the same jeans i'll change my under i'll change a shirt I'll, i have a hoodie i'm bringing that's it there you go and that's all you're gonna need and, and some and, nighttime and, stuff you know well but even for the restaurants here it's not that big a deal it's uh, dan wait how many restaurants we went to three or four restaurants oh, oh what, lots what, of what, great t-shirts so yeah. we just got yeah. back from lunch yeah. dan was kind enough to buy lunch today thank that's you dan beautiful um beautiful uh, day beautiful yep. on we've a had incredible wear, weather here and these guys have been incredible hosts Every step of the way, there's been, some, you know, like taking care of us, making sure all our needs are met. I sure hope that uh, this 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 level of service uh, is oh, maintained. Well, no, but you know, it's gonna, here's the thing. By the time I get there, he's going to be so all like tired. so tired of people. He's going to be like, oh, are you still here? We'll be there day one. He'll be like, oh, this is a huge mistake. So, Dan, d- describe the environment. Um yeah, I mean, even behind you. I mean, the drum set, the beautiful brick wall, and everything. So, right. This is this is one of Jeff's many outbuildings, and we're staying in a gîte, which is another entire. It's a house, a little tiny house next door to this building, unto itself. All like it's got a, all of these buildings are like three hundred years, two three hundred years old, somewhere in there. And, and the the walls are incredible, and the views where we are right now. It's a, it's a it's in the uh, the interior, south interior of France. It's a farming community. There's twelve hundred people. That or 2,500 people that live here, right? It. And it's it's like you see a tractor plow just down in the fields there. But describe, describe the traffic. Yeah, there's no traffic. Mm. For the first time since we've been here, the roads are really narrow here. A car passed us from the opposing direction, and we had to figure out how to get over far enough right. to make sure that we don't run off the road down one of the hills. And there's all kinds of valleys and hills and hikes, and it's just a stunning environment. You're going to be amazed when you get here. I hope that tractor didn't have a backup beeper, though, because I know how they annoy you. As a matter of fact, <laughs> and, that's my, and, and it, it makes one of my dogs go crazy, that backup beeper, for some reason. Hey, Daniel. You know, does, it, does that bother him? I didn't know that. Oh, oh yeah, everything. 
Jeff, there's been people working across the lake using tractors with backup beepers. He's actually uh, canoed over to ask them if they could not sure do he that has. during the day, yeah. day hours, yeah. daylight hours. Yeah. Right. I asked, no, I asked them if they could just turn it off. Oh, yeah. They said they couldn't. It's a safety it's thing a, for most people. It's, but, it's, it's yeah, called code. Thing. Yeah, Dan. You understand code. So I asked him if they could put a little piece of tape over oh, it. Just to keep it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the truth. True man, true. <laughs> By the way, well, Jeffrey, uh, both of these mics sound great. His mic, uh, it, both of them are fine for uh, what okay. we'll need them for. And uh, we okay. can talk about that oh. after. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that sounds uh, here's great. a question. Are they, are they at about the right level? I'm sorry about this being a technical thing, but are they at matter. about a similar level? Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, balanced everything? Good. No, they, both of them sound great. So, Dan, can you describe, like, you, because uh, you sort of did something similar to what Randy and I. Randy and I are flying to Paris Thursday night. We'll get there Friday. We'll be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We're getting on a train and training it to Lumbee's. How did, what was your route? Did you do the same, same go thing. to Paris first? Yeah. Went to Paris for, first, uh, landed at the airport. Highly recommend taking You landed the at the airport? Wait a minute. Let me get a pen. <laughs> <laughs> at the airport, instead of taking a taxi in, we uh, bought a day pass, which I recommend. It lasts 24 hours on the, uh, on the oh, train wait, system. Wait a minute. A day pass? How long did it last? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go by the pool. Are you drunk? Wine. <laughs> okay, so you got a day pass on the train, on the subway. On the train system, which okay. takes you everywhere in, in uh, Paris. Okay. And uh, you, after a little bit of uh, figuring it out, uh, it's just a great system to use because you can get everywhere. You don't have to worry about Paris traffic and cabs and all that stuff. So, Monsieur Dan, how many days were you in Paris before? And you, did you take the train? Hours. We did, oh, we did okay. too much. We did too much in 24 hours. Yeah, they came here and they were just exhausted. Yeah, we walked and walked and walked. Uh, Lisa wanted to see everything. So, you know, we saw the uh, Sacre-Cœur. We went to the Arc de Triomphe. We, saw the, we walked by the, uh, the Eiffel Tower. I wasn't going in there. There was lots of the traffic was unbelievable. I mean, yeah. I mean pedestrian traffic. No, I know. We tried to. I, I actually tried to book uh, the tour, uh, the Eiffel Tower tour, or whatever. You, you can. It's like you have to book yeah. it weeks in advance. It's amazing enough just to see. If yeah, yeah. I wanted to go see it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've done the tour. And Freddie, yeah, what was yeah. it? Was it cool? Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're up cool, there, and you're going. Listen, I'm not, I'm actually standing in the Eiffel Tower right now. That's what you can say to yourself while you're up there. I am. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if you're not up there, you can say, "Oh, look, I'm standing near the Eiffel Tower right now." Mm-hmm. And you know the uh, Eiffel Tower the, these days; it has those strobe lights on it. You've maybe seen pictures of it, uh, where or videos of it. The, the, the whole tower at night has little lights that are flashing and making wow. more glorious. Yes, amazing. And also the souvenir stands. Beside the tower, little tiny, you know, three, four inch high Eiffel Towers have little LED lights that flash on them. Come on. You can buy those things. That's crazy. So what is now, Daniel, um, today is Tuesday. Is it still Tuesday in France? Yes. Yes, It's still Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. And so when Uh, what are your plans for the rest of the week? And when are you and then what are you guys doing? I'm Uh, putting him to work today. We've got some fence mending to do today. So uh, we're going to be doing that. Uh, and then we're going to, uh, what were we going to play asshole on? We're going to play some cards, playing some cards this evening. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to go for a swim. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Dan, are you going to wear outside. some trunks by the way? Cause sometimes he likes yeah. to jump in without his pants on. Yeah. No, no, no that's there. not allowed. Uh, I don't want the neighbors to have a heart attack. 
Uh, no, no, it's uh, and and the pool will remain open for your visit next week. Oh, really? I'll bring my. Yeah, well, I should I bring my swimming costume. That. Yeah, I was going to. It's late October, and you can still have a pool open where you live at this. It's uh, twenty-seven degrees today. Twenty-seven. Oh, hey, don't Fantastic. get angry. <laughs> it sucks here. <laughs> it sucks here so bad. It's like seven degrees and shit. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, we're so getting it, Jeff. So when would you close that pool? Like, well, if, if no, you weren't having guests. Well, normally around now, but I wouldn't close okay. it right now. Uh, there's no way. It's too. We, mm-hmm. we spent too much time out there, and mm-hmm. it's not even so much the swimming. I've got it uh, set up so the water shoots out as opposed to goes down, so that mm-hmm. it, it, it creates gurgles, that, yeah, that yeah. nice. Yeah, the gurgles, which we really like. I love it. So, well, you know, I was really telling gurgle. you, Jeff and I talked last week, and I said, listen, you know, one of the things I'm most looking forward to, beside visiting and seeing my bestie, is uh, just looking out at the landscape because you know. It has that same hypnotic effect when you're at the mm-hmm. lake. Where you and, and I get what you're saying about the pool. I used to keep mine open as long as I could because be, yeah. be, even when you can't swim in it, I just like the water moving around. You know, there's there's something nice about it. But just staring at that landscape, Dan, it's it's got to be stunning. Well, it's unlike Saskatchewan, where you know you're it's flat in Saskatchewan. Is it you're, interesting? You're familiar, with, <laughs> familiar with that look? Yes, sir. This it, it's you're from uh, the top of a hill, looking down into a valley, Amazing. and off to the left and the right, you can see fields of different color and and the, you know different stand, a grapevine uh, fields, you know where the, all the trees mm-hmm. are lined up or the vines are lined up. It all and you can see for miles. And there. and it's funny, Dan has said the same thing that you'll say, and everybody who has come here said photos don't do this valley justice and yeah. it's just it's impossible mm-hmm. isn't it it's just yeah, you impossible. can't do it. a hill looking down a hill with a photo just not the same as actually being on the mm-hmm. hill looking down you know, i mean even the stuff. photos i've taken i've gone oh that mm-hmm. sure looks flat compared to what we have here so so there's a main house and then dan is staying like in a detached other little yeah. home type wow yeah. Yeah. guest house that's where yeah. you'll be you and delise oh wow that's like that's i'll tell you yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a, you know, like a four-star vacation type. Situation. Well, and, and oh, from our point star, of view. Uh, five-star. I'm sorry. Five-star. <laughs> well, it would be five-star if it wasn't for uh, you know, all the anger and the screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and from our point of view, Fred, it's like yes. uh, mm, time for you guys to go to your little cabin. Okay. Mm. Night oh, night. I get it. Right. Yeah. No, it's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm joking. So, Dan, uh, how many days is Tuesday? When what's your uh, are you going to just go home from or doesn't aren't you there for some Uh, other reason as well? Yeah, no, Lisa's uh, Lisa's uh, got a friend, a childhood friend. Oh, you're going to Italy. I forgot. Right. Going to Venice, which I've never been to before. And they have a lovely place there. So we're going to spend the rest of the 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 time there in, in Italy. And you're flying from Toulouse to Venice. Toulouse to Venice on Ryanair, which is going to be an experience. Never done that. Yeah, before. it's all it's standing, and and you. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's right. I took I, I took a I, I took a Ryanair from Dublin to Liverpool, and it's like a flying school bus. That's yeah. <laughs> literally what it was like, and it was full of like twenty somethings all going crazy. But hey, it gets you there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it gets like you. A short and, and what day is that, Dan? How long are you to be at Lumbies? It's tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow. Okay, I just don't want you to use up. I just don't want you to use all of Lumby's energy. Because yeah, what's going to happen? And by the because he had he has his very good friends a couple weeks ago, and he's got you and Lisa. By the time I get there, his tolerance, his his aggravation level will be high. Um, by the way, Dan and, and Jeff, I have a an email here. 
I wanted to read you too. Well, it's really okay. I'm, I, I, so. Here we go. Hi guys. Hi guys. Uh, this Hi comes guys. from a uh, D. Wa- I can't pronounce this. Wasa. Wasalia. Is it Wasalia? How do you pronounce that? Wasalike. Wasalike. Okay. Wasalike. Uh, Darren Wasalike uh, just says, uh, "Hey guys, uh, just a question for your." For when uh, Dan and uh, Jeff are on. I just hope that Dan can resist the urge to look in Lumby's fridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's already made himself quite comfortable with the coffee maker, which is oh, fine. I see. Okay. Oh, yeah. And of course, and of course, <laughs> and of course, Howard, he's found the longest setting. The one that takes the longest time. To <laughs> I didn't even know this setting existed. That's my, my setting is blink, blink, blink. Blink <laughs> is... Blink, blink, blink. Wait a minute. There's more. Wait. <laughs> oh, he's got a great coffee maker. Oh. I like the fact you guys are going to go do man work with a couple of bottles of wine and just kind of oh, a, you yeah, put on your. That's fantastic, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it looks. Well, um, so you went out for dinner. Like, uh, well, give us an idea what you had for dinner. You went to a nice local restaurant and you had what? Well, actually, we have we had any, these no. all been lunches. Yeah, and they do lunches. Long, lunch. long yeah. lunches. Long lunches. But OK, how about yesterday is a oh. great example. Yesterday, One of the we best went meals I've had in my life and the best lunch we've had here in two years. It's a place that we've gone to before, uh, which has a typically has a courtyard, but there was some rain threatening. So we were put in, in the restaurant with everybody. And the, uh, these people know how to uh, run a restaurant just simple i mean you, you yeah it was another building that was like 300 years old it was a, mm. it was a vineyard originally and a wine a winemaking area a wine press area by press where we were we're eating yeah and the uh you know it's it's like um like you were saying jeff that here you go out for lunch there's one sitting for lunch and it will last two hours so you're not going there for in a big hurry mm. it's like sit down have some wine you know have and an appetizer nor, nor are the servers and, trying to hurry you nor are mm-hmm. You know, any of the wait staff trying to hurry you to get that next seating in because there's one seating and that's that. So yeah. so they may they make a time out of it. It's it's an occasion. It's not lunch. It's just it, you mm-hmm. know. so. So uh, that's why their menus are typically you have you can have a if you go if you go for the, you know, the, the carte de jour, you can have a, a combination of the entree, which I know in Canada is the main, but that here it's the uh it's the appetizer. So the appetizer, the main and dessert, or sometimes you just you don't want dessert. So you, there's a different price for just the, the two. Mm-hmm. And so but that that whole process takes it just takes two hours. Yeah, it really it's great. Does. Yeah, no, it's a different lifestyle. It yeah. fant- you know, that's and again, that's part of the experience. You're in France. You're not in a hurry. Everything's a little bit different. No, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. No, we're yeah, very excited. A different is, is true. As you come here, uh, Howard, and you'll, you'll as you drive around the countryside, you'll see things just just the same exact thing they do in Canada or North America, just done entirely differently. The fire yeah. hydrants are different here. The you know the just the smallest of way the traffic lights work. Arrows, uh, you know, to go uh, straight ahead are usually in North America pointing up. Here they point down. Things mm. you start noticing after a little Interesting. while. Interesting. Well, I'm going to tell you too. When myself. I won't, I'm not sure if I'll talk to you. How long are you going to be in Italy for? Until uh, the end of the week, so we come back on Sunday. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, you're going to enjoy that, too. Uh, I, I'd never been to Venice. I don't know if Jeff and... I know, Freddie, have you been to Venice? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've yes, been, I've been to Venice. Yeah, yes. it's... Uh, that's... You want to talk about life in a, in a different form. 
you know, the, the way those people live is also very similar to what you said, Jeff, that eating is an experience. It's not a, you know, it's not just to get yeah. in and out and as fast as you can. It's a whole thing takes a, a, even and even without drinking. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the fact that it it's it, you're not there to rush in and rush out. That part of the experience is the building mm-hmm. is 300 years old. The people are right. in a different mindset. You know, it's quieter. It's it's uh, it's more gentile. Like, you know, when you go into a restaurant, everybody's having a great time. But mm-hmm. it's not like American loud with loud frickin music and people being loud. Everybody's mm-hmm. just reserved. They're still having fun. But it's quiet well not until not until you and i get there yeah Uh, i know like i'm already i'm 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 measured now actually at restaurant okay and the reason i asked that question because it's like (laughs) it's like that in um italy you can just feel the vibe of the locals they just have a different attitude towards life you know meal time and food is way higher on their priority list than it is in canada again here it's in and out and just gobble it down and yeah yeah really and not appreciate you know the experience and over there it's just different and we're so lucky to have you know to be able to stay with jeff and julie who are actually living there as opposed to just going to visit that area with you know as a tourist but i would even say like with the advent of the airbnb over a hotel like staying in Paris where we are, and I've done a lot of Airbnbs, you know, when you're at a hotel, it has a different vibe than when you're in somebody's apartment in a neighborhood, you get to sort of soak up the vibe of the place. And that's what we did in Italy last year. Similar where we stayed in a neighborhood. It wasn't in a hotel. And I don't know, you just experience your surroundings differently. uh, I find anyway. Hey, uh, Freddie, can I ask you a question? Yes. Uh, uh, Not to put you on the spot, but uh, when do you and Delise and, Darren and Lori uh, plan to because we've got room for all four of you. So it's it's, uh, you know, it's something you, you guys, the four of you need to talk about. Yes, because I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't say this if you weren't absolutely welcome and we'd mm-hmm. love to have you here and host you. So let maybe, us know. Maybe in the spring. We'll, uh, maybe, put something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's uh, interesting because that's he's now booking for spring. So. That's right. <laughs> right. Uh, June, and, June and July are actually kind of uh, booked. Uh, Booked up. Uh, well, we're going on a river cruise with some other friends of ours, uh, Brian Hayward and Angie. Uh, we're going to uh, a river cruise that starts out of uh, uh, Porto and goes down the Duro and back, which is in Spain and back. So that's kind of June. And then my mom is coming again with my oh, brother uh-huh. in, in the front part of July. But we're wide open for May. May is a great May, mm. September, October are amazing months to be here. So, mm-hmm. well, listen, guys. Oh. Do you plan on becoming a Frenchman? Like uh, getting? Oh, I'm. Uh, listen, I'm. I am all over the French today. Uh, okay, today was a good example because I we went in for the, to the pastry pastry shop again today. Yeah. Uh, this is something we'll do, Howard. Uh, we'll. we'll t- I'll take you each day to the uh, boulangerie, and oui, oui. Uh, today Lisa asked for a. I wonder if they have an almond croissant. So nice. today, today I went in there. Uh, bon, it's always a bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Uh, aurez-vous uh, quelque chose avec la amande? Oui, uh, nous avons une uh, amande uh, de croissante amande. Oui, 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 c'est bon. C'est uh, deux, deux. You know, so so yeah, I'm getting better. I plan on speaking this language. I've done a year's worth of lessons. I'm getting quite good at. That kind of thing for yeah, a polite conversation. But I think polite what French, what, I think what no, French I was actually like, yeah. meant citizenship. Yeah, he wanted to know if you were becoming a French oh, citizen. No, no, we're, we don't need to. We, we, okay. we are 
We are permanent residents here. We still mm-hmm. uh, vote in Canada, uh, although we can only vote for five years. Uh, this I just found out because mm-hmm. we can only vote five years without an address and we no longer have an address in Canada. So uh, but after that, uh, no, we're just going to be residents here and we're fine with with that. Um, Excellent. It's still involved. I mean, we're we're involved in the in the French tax system already. Uh, yeah. We only have a, a, ta- a French tax return. We no longer have a Canadian tax return. However, when we take money out of Canada, uh, the Canadian government takes uh, their percentage mm, right there. Yeah, but but uh, back to what you were saying. I and I, I love hearing you speak French. And one of the things I admire so much about the fact that you've not just thrown yourself into the community, but that you didn't do it like. Okay, we're just going to move there and I'll speak whatever language I want. I mean, the fact is you've immersed yourself and it's not easy. Like, listen, I've taken French lessons and I lived in a French neighborhood in Montreal, but you can immerse yourself all you want. It's still a struggle. It's still something that's not, you know, innate to you. It's the hardest language in the world. I think it's harder than Mandarin. But but here's the one thing. And to your point, Howard, there are people who have been here 6, 10, 15 years who have adopted just exactly the the attitude that you're talking about. And that kind of makes me... Uh, that 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 makes me uneasy. If I'm going to oh, yeah. come here, I want to learn the language. I want to try, and not only just for them, but for me, my benefit. Like I want to be able to go, or I don't want to be relying on Julie all the time. Nor does she want me always asking her, "What does this mean?" I want to be self. No, it's great. And and again, I've told you this privately. I just think it's the coolest thing. And I so it. Not that I was surprised because I know what you're like, you know. Um, but you're throwing yourself into it. Listen, that attitude exists in in Canada. I remember having this conversation when you and I were working together in Montreal. I ran into people in Montreal who said the following: oh, "I've lived here my whole life. And they, don't, they don't speak a word of French." And I used to say to people, "I wouldn't tell too many people that." <laughs> that sort of sounds stupid. Um, and you wouldn't believe the. Re- Sorry, well, I know you got to go, but yeah, we got to go. The reaction, I know. Uh, you wouldn't believe the reaction of the locals when you try. Sometimes they will go. They'll flip into whatever English they know, yeah. but I keep speaking French because I, you know, I want to let them, and they really appreciate it. But generally, you are happy and settled. It was a good move for you. Your uh, buddy, I, I don't want to ever see an airplane again. I'm just going to tell you that I do not. I just, we love it here. We could spend the next 25 years doing day trips. And nice. never see the same place twice. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, one week from Thursday is what we're going to try. We're going to do our, and we'll talk about it later, but we're going to see if we can't set it up. Freddie's going to be in New Orleans. I'll be sitting next to you. I don't know where Dan is going to be, but uh, we're going to try and do our our little uh, thing in the afternoon for you folks. We'll have a little Humble and Fred sort of special edition from uh, France. But again, we're going to set it up for everyone else. Dan, uh, travel safely. Lumby, I love you, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in person. I got all excited when I saw your note, and I thought, I can bring this guy deodorant, and I'm going to give it to him. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to give it to him in one week. Yeah, small thing. Yes, Freddie. Yes, yes. I'll I'll Mm. talk to the uh, other people. and Yeah. Sounds like a plan, does it not? It does, man. We'd love Uh, to have it. And I love fixing fences, too. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, make sure you get all that stuff done before I get there. (laughs) Oh, count on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's Jeff and uh, Dan. Uh, Jeff and Julie moved to France in a global pandemic produced lovingly by the Humble and Fred Studios. Will be uh, is available wherever your podcasts are uh, distributed. And uh, Dan Duran, of course... Uh, we'll be back with us uh, in another week or so. Have fun, my friends. You're, you're mentioned right. uh, quite a bit in the last podcast. I just I just wanted to throw it out there. Okay. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. you're mentioned. Uh, you were mentioned a lot in this podcast. So okay, so, good. Yeah, you know, worked out. What your town's going to get ready for some road rage? <laughs> <laughs>
Howard will be chasing a guy for 10 miles on a tractor. No, I'll just be running after him. How dare you? Unjust. That was unjust the way you looked at me. All right, you guys, we got to go. We have other guests, okay? All right, there's Dan and Lumby. Love you, boys. Love you, my friend. And this episode, of course, brought to you by so many different people. Freddie, who else can we thank? Well, we can thank Bodog, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player. Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. Uh, from our uh, from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room, to their fully-loaded casino and racebook, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Uh, baseball playoffs, we're into the NHL uh, season, and NFL, always fun to wager on, but just not those profile sports here. Anything you can think of is at Bodog. Little 10cc for you fans. This uh, little thing they did, this is 1975, and 10CC produced this sort of long, eight or nine, ten minute long, you know, opus or whatever you have. And, and it, mm. the, the, the rumor was that Freddie Mercury heard this, and that's where uh, the sort of Bohemian Rhapsody uh, thing came from. He wanted to produce this again. This is the story I heard, that he wanted to produce something like this, uh, sort of a long, extended... Um, you know that scene? Do you ever see that movie, Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes. That scene where the character Mike Myers plays, and they're they're telling him about the song they want to do, and he's like, "It'll never work." Mm-hmm. And of course, it's one of the greatest songs of uh, rock history. Um, anyway, well, this is what it was based on. Um, I'll also tell you this program is brought to you by the GoDaddy, <clears throat> powering small business and entrepreneurs like yourselves. For over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide, GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. If you've got something uh, you've been thinking about, a side hustle, or maybe you want to start a small business, now's the best time to do it. You can start your website for free with GoDaddy today and try it out. No credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Yeah, it's quite the uh, setup that uh, Lumby has uh, established for himself. And, you know, it's funny, he's never talked about it, but what he bought, what where he bought in France is about 90 miles southwest of Toulouse. And what he bought, I mean, pool, a separate building and the main building, you know, it, it wasn't what you'd think. You know what I mean? Like, ex- like what it cost in the south of France to buy a house like he has. Nothing like it would cost here. Mm-hmm. The setup Jeff had, and he used to live north of uh, Acton mm-hmm. in an area called Rockwood. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had about 60 acres. And again, similar main house, a century home, a uh, separate, you know, sort of, you know, office setup that they built. And, and that was multiples more, more expensive than this place. Yes. It's a nice well. lifestyle. It's not easy, though. I mean, one of the, the, the best things about Jeff and Julie's podcast is, and now into, I think they're into 38 or 39 episodes, but just sort of what it takes to live 
to move to another country and not the states. The states, I think, is... I think a lot of people get their heads around that because, you know, snowbirds move down there and it's sort of convenient and it's not far from home. But what Jeff and Julie have gone through is in a completely foreign environment. It's pretty, pretty interesting and admirable, I think. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, yeah, it's a huge undertaking. It really is. I mean, a little tougher for us to relate to. I mean, they don't have children, so they don't have that attachment that would keep them sort of preoccupied or wanting to be back here all the time or frequently. Um, that that freedom to make that move and just sort of just hunker down there is yeah. You pretty, know, when, uh, yeah. When he said he never wants pretty to get on enviable. A, well, yeah, and he says when he mm-hmm. doesn't want to get on a plane again, he can travel all over Europe. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it would be easier to fly from Toulouse to, to Venice, but he literally could spend the rest of his life traveling Europe and never having to go to an airport. Mm-hmm. But I've thought of what you just said, that especially trying to make some plans this winter and how long do I want to be away from home? And part of the consideration is, you know, I don't want to be away from my kids that long. And I don't want to, I would never, I've thought about that, like downsizing here. And what would it be? Maybe I could, should move to someplace cheaper and, you know, spend the you know the rest of my life in Victoria Island. You know, you can golf. You know, more of the year. And but it all it always comes back to what you said. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I got. Oh yeah. I don't want to be here when my kids have kids, and mm-hmm. you know that's a long way to come home to visit once in a while. No, I uh, totally agree. Again, uh, to to be in that position to be able to do that that's why i said to him like so are you are you happy and settled you know what i mean because and that was that's what was going through my mind it's like that's such a huge undertaking it's like okay we're here now is this home mm-hmm. am i relaxed is this what i want to do was this the right thing to do and it sounds like there's no question in his situation in their situation well and yeah and again it's unique in that and they've got their, you know, fur kids or fur babies, whatever people call them. They've got lots of dogs, and that's their passion, and that's great. And But, you know, part of what they got, the, sort of their advantage was that, uh, you know, can you imagine you and Delise moving to the south of France and, you know, having the kids come over every once in a while? Yeah. I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of kids, uh, I'm waiting for uh, our next guest to uh, sign in. I'm just seeing if she's sending me any notes here, but... I might have a flip side. Mm. <laughs> you mean a, re- a recto verso? Mm-hmm. That's funny, man. <laughs> hey, literally, until this morning, I've never heard of that snack. It's relatively new in my world as well, Howard. I didn't either. But I, I, can tomorrow, can you find out the name of those peanut butter filled pretzels? Because I've had those. Well, there's just go to Costco. Ask for them. I oh, don't yeah. know the name. I don't go to Costco. And these are made by Kellogg's. Quickly, while we're waiting for the kids and talking about food, um, I heard the term yesterday, and it really struck with me. They're calling it greedflation, and they're undercover, and they're uncovering more and more, especially in the food industry, people using inflation as a way to even increase profits more. Yeah, and they're really looking at the groceries here in uh, Canada, uh, where they've taken advantage of the public. And you may have noticed yesterday that, uh, you know, Loblaws has come out. All their no-name stuff. Uh, there's going to be a price freeze through the end of January. Sort of uh, a defense against those accusations. But I think it's going on even beyond 
food. And it's, uh, I think it's another indication of where we're at in our world that unfortunately rather looking rather than looking after each other taking advantage of each other it's really sad yeah i've got that uh, story here uh, grocery prices were up 10.8 percent yeah. as of august with last uh, compared with last year the fastest increase since 1981 yeah and really no explanation for it for that much um so that's guys sitting in a boardroom going okay listen wow things are up six uh, percent we can you know yeah do it nine and blame inflation so now the story as you just said they're they're gonna freeze i i don't it says canada's biggest grocer announced it will freeze prices on all its no-name products it's 1500 items until january 2023 but uh i that yeah it just struck me greedflation yeah yeah um, and, and in this article, the things like uh, condiments are up 17%, bakery goods 15 coffee and tea 13 fresh fruit 13 seafood 8 meats 6.5 mm. Loblaws reports record profits. Yeah. And I don't feel like a conspiracy theorist or anything. That's just uh, the way of the world now. That's what you do. Yeah. All right, let me uh, let me get something here. I'm not sure what music I would use for this person. It's hard to explain. Hmm. Uh, da, da. All right, let me see. Is, is this even a song? In with the new Goodbye clouds of grey Hello skies of blue And turkey imported from Maine We're gonna relax and renew Do you know this song? You you're make, you're make, I, I don't no. know it. Is this called Fabulous? fabulous. It's a, all I heard was turkey imported from Spain hmm. No, the, uh, the song is called Fabulous Because oh. our uh, next guests uh, Are involved in uh, something I don't even know how to introduce them. Uh, please welcome to our program, James Pasito, who I've known since he was a little baby boy. And uh, Charlie, are you guys not going to turn your videos on? Charlie Michelle Glassman. Did you not know that you were going to be on camera? Oh, we did. We knew. All right. We're just playing hard to get. That's all right. Uh, James and Charlie, uh, welcome to the program. Uh, Charlie, I've known for quite some time, and as, as has Fred. Yes. Fred, is this your first time meeting the great James Pacito? I think you met him at a Charlie party. Right. Yes, I think I have. Hi, James. Yeah. How are you? Hi, Charlie. Hi, nice Fred. How are you? Good, darling. Very good. We don't, we're not alone here. We also have a little small star. Yes. Wow. <laughs> is that the dog's wearing a coat inside this morning? She is. Honestly, she was wearing this one outside, too. It gets a little bit cold for her. Oh, and she's gone. She hates sitting up here. Um, it gets cold for her because she has no hair on her underbelly. So oh, okay. Neither do I, actually. <laughs> That's right. Your dad does. Your dad. You know, does. it's funny because when I pet <laughs> booby Billy, sometimes I think this is just like when I caress Fred's belly. Um, Charlie Glassman and James Pasito have uh, been, uh, I don't even know, wrangling. Are you? How would you describe what you do with booby Billy? Managing. Managing, Managing Booby Billy. Team. Her team. You're a part of Team Booby. Uh, and Booby Billy has created a book that comes out today called Becoming Fabulous Shine Like the Gorgina Angel BB You Already Are. Or is that how it is? Is that the. Can you hold it up? Oh, yeah. yeah. I hear that. That was, that was 
it's like a tiny coffee table book Mm. wow it's for scale phone for scale yeah yeah so I, I know you guys would like to have this conversation as though Booby Billy wrote the book, and that's fine. But can we talk a little bit about how this all began? Just how innocently you guys were living in Brooklyn. And James, from your perspective, do you remember when Charlie said to you, hey, I have a great idea. You guys were roommates. You just moved to New York. Charlie's like, hey, James, why don't we get a, why don't I get a dog? How did that conversation go? I might have been a giant bitch to Charlie just because we were we were kind of at each other's throats um, when we first moved there because we were best friends. We were working together. We were living together. We didn't even have a full wall separating our room um, (laughs) and we could hear each other snore. Um, So if if I'm going to be honest, I was probably I probably rolled my eyes Um, when she said I'm going to get a dog. How did it work? I think I, I, I didn't even know I was going to get a dog. I walked into, I was just like shelter looking for fun. Cause first it was a cat. Yeah. Was the cat. And then she fell in love with this dog. She was with another friend. And then I went, uh, and did the second round with her to, to meet her for a second time. Um, and apparently there was like, you know, 20, 30 people who wanted her um because it's pretty competitive in manhattan and charlie called like every day she was incessant about it and she kept checking on um who i think her her name was formerly isla like the Um, shelter name was isla the the shelter name um (laughs) and she her persistence paid off they were like there's there couldn't be a better home they were saying just because she was so in love with um booby that or they just wanted me to like not go crazy, go crazy yeah. on them and like come in and kill them if they didn't give me that dog so yes I called a lot I called a lot but I remember we were walking in like I was about to get into the subway and I got a call and it was I was like an unknown number I was like who is that and then they're like um Charlie congratulations like just want to say you, you got Billy or Lila at the time and I was crying in the subway it was very cute Aww. yeah and the the I mean, and the story is amazing from there. So you get the dog, not with that idea in hand of, I don't want to say using the dog, but marketing (laughs) the dog or, you know, turning the dog into some level of business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Charlie, I was there, James. I don't know if you guys remember. I visited shortly after you got the dog Mm -hmm. and I think it was spring or whatever. And it wasn't until the following fall, it seemed. This is like, because I remember at my 60th, little birthday get together charlie leaned over and said booby billy now this instagram account you guys created she said daddy we just passed a thousand followers so that was think about that in 2020 you guys got to a thousand followers of this little dog account you created and by the way just let me jump back up because whenever i try and describe it to somebody i don't do it justice because most people think oh you just take some pictures of your cute dog but charlie how did you guys come up with the idea that the dog would that you what were some of the sort of foundational rules like we're never going to have the it wasn't just pictures of the dog it was a persona you created yeah so we we knew we wanted well you know we knew we wanted her to be a very much her own thing like for example we're breaking cardinal rule number one right now by talking about it as her people but it's fine we knew we wanted her to be like very independent of human activity so a lot of other dog influencers are like 
my dad, my mom, my owners, blah, blah, blah. So we knew we wanted to like first rule was like, she's her own thing. Like she, we say she's her own woman, right? Like she doesn't have that, um, that side of her where she's like talking about her, her life as an actual dog. Um, and then what we wanted to do was really like make her basically the, you know, a New York it girl. So everything that she did wasn't so that dogs could copy it was that so humans could copy it. So all the outfits, you know, we would put her in, were all the stuff that we were coveting at the time, or like the stuff that we knew that our followers would want to be coveting um, or like the publications that we wanted to interact with or the, the references we made were very specifically to get the right type of person in involved. So it was all about really making sure that like, you know, someone like me living in New York or like James living in New York could see this dog and be like, oh, this dog is living the New York lifestyle that like kind of I want to be living as well. Um, so that was a big for us. Was it just for fun at that point or was it with a mind to this could go somewhere mon- uh, really monetarily or this could be a business? James, why don't you, you, you answer that one. Yeah, no, I think it, we had always... Uh, like Charlie and I have worked in advertising for about 10 years and we have always wanted to go off and do our own um, venture because we're constantly being, you know, told no all the time in creative industries, whether it's by clients or our bosses. Um, And we wanted to see what it would be like if we just had free reign on a creative project. So I think, none of us ever really expected, you know, we were actually in the middle of another project and created Booby Billy to sort of help fuel that project. And we never expected, mm-hmm. you know, to be running a dog account for th- three yeah. plus years. Like, when, when did you realize, and, and you, I think I know the answer, but when did you two realize, okay, so you passed a thousand followers on the 24th of January, 2020, by the middle of that year, 2020, it, it, you passed 100,000, then 200,000. But when did you, speaking of people you wanted to interact with and New York City stuff, when did you realize like, oh, something's going on here that's beyond just a couple of funny little pictures of the dog wearing cute outfits? There's actually a very specific moment, and I believe we we touch upon it in, in a narrative way in the book. So that's good. But um, there's a specific moment where we were getting a lot of attention, meeting a lot of um, like real fashion people, like people who were really interested or like editors who were really interested in what um, Booby Bully was going to do. So there was a moment where we were meeting with um, WWD, which is Women's Wear Daily. It's like a big fashion publication. And there was there was like you know, talk of like whatever she does, like they wanted to cover it, they wanted to launch it. Um, and we kind of started to hint at the fact that like there was a bigger kind of purpose to all of this. And um, I believe after that call, we got off the phone and we were like, we talked to each other. We we're like, I think this can't just be like an auxiliary thing to the big, to another idea. Like we were like, this has to actually be the idea. So we like flipped the idea that we were going to, you know, release, got on the phone with our, um, like our manufacturer uh, the guy who really helped us out throughout that process. And then we started sketching up the whole like booby world, um, like brand right mm-hmm. then and there. So it was a very, like, it was a very, like, you know, like the energy of like the movie, the social network where it's like, mm-hmm. the, it's, like the music is building and it's, like, <laughs> it now. Like it was very, that kind of moment, which was really fun for us to experience. So it was like scrap it all. We're, we're restarting yeah. sketches on a napkin, that. you know, like, you know, what would be cool. A billion dollars. Like, that yeah, moment. yeah. But James, uh, and then let's talk about the book because that's why you guys are here. It's the first time 
you know, I've, I, as, as your dad, obviously I'm super proud, but this is the first time you've ever wanted to come on or come on to talk about Booby Billy, who I love, by the way. I love that dog. He's my favorite. It's funny because whenever she's here, she was just here a couple of days ago and, and she, Freddie, uh, Charlie left the dog with me for the day. And, you know, as you know, Stan's not really a dog. He mostly ignores everybody, but there's mm-hmm. Booby sitting on my lap. We're watching TV mm-hmm. and then Stan like, oh, he, he's sort of like, he's like, oh, that's what a dog's supposed to act like. So he comes and sits next to us anyway but I, I just think of her as a as a dog but today becoming fabulous is available uh it launches today and i'm saying it's available at all major bookstores including amazon and chapters but tell quickly before we wrap this up the story of the book because james that was something i think that didn't it kind of come out of the blue yeah i mean I, it happened really early on um probably around like 30, 40,000 followers. We got reached out to by um, a pretty big publisher. And we, I just remember Charlie and I like um, dancing around our apartment. It was like pandemic, you know, there wasn't much joy going on. Mm -hmm. And we were like, holy crap, like somebody is realizing the potential of this like quite soon. Um, And that that deal actually didn't go through. Like we ended up like um, being reached out to by another agent before we were, were about to sign. Um, the day, like we were yeah. mulling over. This and, and by the way, when you like, when you say a big public, it was Harper Collins, was it not? Wasn't it like one of the big? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So this agent ended up. We, we were kind of doing this blind, like Charlie and I were reading over contracts, like, you know, trying to get second opinions, kind of feeling not right about it. Um, and then our sweet, uh, sweet agent, Kristen, um, you know, popped into our DMs like a day before we signed. And she's like, have you guys gotten a book deal? And we were like, funny enough, we're about to sign for one. And she's like give me that let, let me look at everything we met her a couple times and um we just got had such a great connection with her and felt so comfortable with her um she was definitely like you know mom vibes like very nurturing um which we us bibes um Needed. Need. yeah so fred you'll um, love this so that they were going to sign a book deal for you know, a sort of modest amount to get this thing done. And this book agent in New York uh, that they've got a hold of basically tore that deal up, renegotiated a deal. And that book uh, is becoming fabulous, available today for, you know, uh, it was a much better deal. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were very happy. And it was it was kind of good. It was like it allowed us to grow a little bit more. And the, the book can kind of come out at the perfect time, which is, which is today, October 18th. Okay. Yeah. Has your dad pitched you on advertising yet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can give, give the, the publishing department, the, the publicist department of that. He'll that. give you a good deal. He'll, he, yeah. yeah. You know, we could, you could, Booby mm-hmm. Billy's book could sponsor the show for a month. I give it very reasonable. It could be the uh, Booby Billy studio. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Will. Like a, how I became fabulous today. Segment. That's right. Uh, Becoming Fabulous, available uh, Mm -hmm. today. Everywhere books are sold. Amazon and Chapters. And uh, James, I look forward to seeing you tonight at the launch party. Although I was was told by my daughter, this one, uh, you know, I can't just... Yes. 
She's told me I couldn't just show up at, looking like a schlub. I have to wear like party clothes, and I'm like, I'm not even sure yeah. what that is, you know. Oh, they must be serving oysters, or you wouldn't be going. <laughs> oh. oh my god, no, I wish. Yeah. Well, listen, you two, James, congratulations, Charles. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, good on you guys. Great story, and uh, it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot to take in for Daddy. Mm-hmm. You it's know, a big day. it is a big day, and you know, listen, you know. I, you know, think about all the private schools and all that, you know, when daddy gets old and decrepit, well, you know, like, like next week, it's mm-hmm. daddy be, you know, I'll be moving in, you know, with you and booby Billy and, uh, you know, I always say Billy pays her own rent. So it's all yes, good. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. All right, you two. So if people want to follow booby Billy, where do you do that? Booby underscore Billy. Is that right? Is that correct? Yeah. Booby underscore Billy, uh, spelled Booby, as you would imagine, and then Billy, B-I-L-L-I-E. Okay. Well, listen, you two. It's very proud of you, and uh, thanks for taking some time this morning. Thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> James. James is like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, this was fun. Was like, was I, I can't believe we're on your show. It took, it took, took us long enough. Yeah, it did take you long enough. Thanks very much. I'll see you uh, in a few hours, you two. Thanks again. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. Charlie. Bye. Michelle Glassman and James Pasito. You were in the hospital the night that character was born. And in uh, another six days, she's going to turn 28 years old. Yep. Crazy, eh? Man, it is crazy. Where does the time go? <sighs> yeah, but it man. is. It's a great story. I mean, especially if people of our age to sort of follow the path from idea, fun to opportunity and you know, recognizing that and then monetizing that. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It's been an education for me, too. I mm-hmm. mean, I, you know, their account is pretty, by you know, by big influencer numbers, it's pretty modest. They've got close to 300,000 people that follow that dog. But it's been an education for me in how influencer marketing works because the two of them, in case you didn't under, glean that, you know, folks, they're both in advertising. So mm-hmm. their whole world is brand creation and integration all that stuff but listen to charlie tell me like some of the brands that pay them for booby to take pictures with Mm -hmm. their brand stuff Mm -hmm. like it's you know nordstrom's and target Mm -hmm. and all these you know fashion houses and such and Mm -hmm. it's quite something Mm -hmm. and i can tell you with 200 and whatever eighty thousand instagram followers the dog is making more money than I am. <laughs> I'm, tell, <laughs> I'm telling you right now it is. Mm-hmm. I'm a fucking oh, liability great. compared to that dog. You know how many times I've said to her and him, or her mostly, I've said, hey, can you maybe give Humble and Fred a little shout out? And they're like, we don't do that. No. It's not on brand or whatever. I was like, really? Interesting how this stuff works. I Probably back in 2006, 2007, when I wasn't working and had nothing to do, my... Melanie, my daughter, had a dog named Bones. Well, I created a Facebook page for this dog, Bones. I don't know if you ever saw it. And it's funny, when I look back on it now, thinking, this dog is getting friends faster than I am. <laughs> just Seriously, just because of the novelty of it. And I would post, you know, today, you know, I woke up this morning, I licked my balls, and now I'm going to go sniff some shit or something. Yeah, right? yeah. And then people would respond to that. And then my mother really got into it and would post comments every day but again at that time you you didn't fully appreciate where all that stuff was going yeah you sort of did it for fun the moral of that story the point of that story is 
it getting friends literally faster than me because people just bought into the novelty of it at the yeah. time. Right? Oh no, and I, you know, yeah. I, I kind of remember I, either I either I saw it or I remember you telling me about it that Bowens mm-hmm. was getting very some good traction on Facebook. You know, <laughs> it's funny when I think about Facebook now and how like mm-hmm. it seems antiquated because I don't really go there much. But there was a time when we all went there every day, all day. Yes. It was a novelty. Yes, and I could see that you're you know mm-hmm. part of it was the charm of people who knew you and part of it was the term of the dogs you know a day in the life of bones the dog and it was yeah different like it was the early stages so people weren't doing a lot of stuff like that and i just did it out of boredom the thing that they did with their dog (laughs) is that as charlie tried to explain i'm not sure if people get it they didn't want to do they did it more like that the the life Mm -hmm. of the dog as as the as though the dog has a voice all the other press and i had this conversation with her last night all the other press they're doing is they're doing it as Team Booby. Not they're not going to go into the background right. that we did. They're going to uh-huh. talk about the thing as though the dog wrote the book. Yes, that's sort of part of the bit. Mm-hmm. But as I explained to you this morning before the show, I said to Charlie, "It's going to be kind of hard to do because it's your dad and your dad's buddy, and we've all known you. And you know, part of our fascination is going to be how did this come about." But uh, by the way, do you have anything left before we uh, introduce our next guest? Well, uh, the retirement Sherpa. Well, then stand by. All right. He's a good buddy boy. He certainly is that Tim Niblett. He's a wonderful man. Helps so many. He's a uh, portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. And I keep telling you, you know, uh, he's about to embark right? <laughs> to his uh, his winter abode. Uh, he's licensed on both sides of the border, so, you know, if you're on the other side of the border, Tim's your guy. Yes, he is able to help you. Uh, contact him at retirementsherpa.ca. You won't regret it. Like so many other Hummel and Fred listeners. He's the Retirement Sherpa. He's Tim Niblett. Again, retirementsherpa.ca. You know, it's great uh, having access to Tim because he pops in occasionally and tells us what's going on in the financial market, much like our friend Michael Clausen. Although, Michael, I ne- really never asked you. Michael's from uh, 1111 Realty. Uh, Mike, do you have a preference for a theme song? Because you're now part of the Humble and Fred family family and you know That's just like question. do you want to do you want some play on music that that is significant for you michael well zeppelin was great i didn't mind that at all all right well that's t- yeah, if you that want some awesome. other zeppelin i'll get you some yeah. my friend uh let me think about that you you kind of caught me off guard there. i don't know well for next There's time so many good songs yeah for next time tell our producer boone what song you would like Hello. when we introduce our friend uh, but it, does it matter with Zeppelin? They all sound the same. <laughs> That's right. Oh, no. We could just Uh-oh. use Yeah, the one. They're all similar to that one we just played. Uh, hey, Michael. Uh, so hey, just hello. like Tim talks about the financial market, we get a chance to check in with you about what's going on in real estate. And, uh, you know, some of these conversations are becoming familiar and similar because we're all having the same nervousness around mm. the real estate market. Maybe you want to just give us a quick update. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the real estate market is about as crazy as uh, I've ever seen it. I uh, really? There, there really is no rhyme or reason to what's happening these days. <laughs> Your guess is kind of as good as mine at the moment. I mean, really? Uh, yeah, we all know that uh, you know interest rates are as high as they've been in a long time, and we're expecting another rate hike uh, next week, uh, maybe another fifty basis points. And perhaps one more before the end of the year. So we could be up another percent by the end of the year. Uh, I mean, that's still historically pretty decent. We'll be at 4.25. 
from the Bank of Canada. So it's not crazy, but obviously mm-hmm. compared to what we've experienced over the last 10 years, it's, mm-hmm. it's substantially higher. Uh, and then, uh, you know, inflation, we've got it down to seven. The Bank of Canada wants it at two or three. So that's going to take a little while. Uh, sometime maybe end of next year if we're lucky. Uh, and then this has been the best month that we've had in six months for sales. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Tra- traditionally the fall's yeah, true. the hottest time for real estate, but you would think given all the factors you just mentioned. Is it really, yeah. Fred? This year, falls this year, yes. Really? Is that not tr- a true, Michael? Yeah, fall, fall is usually the hottest. Fall and sort of spring yeah. are usually the two mm-hmm. hottest, but over the last I don't know, five years at least, that has kind of gone out the window with the market. It's pretty much been hot the entire year. No, exactly. Uh, But we are seeing that come back now, yes. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason. You know, when the stock market explodes during a pandemic, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you figure anything out? (laughs) Exactly. Mm. Exactly. I mean, I can tell you right now is an incredible time. Like, if you've been sitting on the sidelines, You've got some cash for a deposit. It is an amazing opportunity to get into the pre-construction market. There are some fantastic deals out there. Especially in your area. Yeah, I was going to say, give us some examples because, you know, Mike's uh, focus is mainly the Niagara region. If you go to 1111realty.ca, you can see what Mike's up to. But, yeah, just give us some examples. Yeah, so we've got a site in Font Hill by Mountain View Building Group. Uh, Townhouses and detached homes, all freehold. And we've now implemented a flat fee deposit uh, over a whole year. So the towns are dependent. It doesn't matter what the price is, but the deposit is 55000 spread out over a year. And the singles, the towns are all about seven sixty to 800000 but the deposit's incredible. Mm-hmm. The singles are around $1.1. Those are 40 and 45-foot lots, and they're an $85,000 flat fee across a year. When you say across a year, you mean somebody can pay it out over the course of a year, which is amazing. Yeah, exactly. So the, on the day you sign the deal, you're basically you're on your way to owning that property, but you pay out the deposit, which is going to help a lot of people who may Absolutely. not be able to come up with that deposit on day one, but could pay it out over time. Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, there's amazing incentives being offered from builders right now. Like all over Ontario, it's a great time to buy pre-construction. You can get, well, just with us, we're offering nine foot ceilings and vinyl flooring uh, on the main floor. And, you know, sometimes there's air conditioners included. If you're dealing with a condominium, you might be able to negotiate a discount on your parking spot or a free locker. Like there's a, there's a lot of wheeling and dealing going on right now. And it's great. It's a great opportunity. And it's something to think about. Cause as you've told us um, on a few occasions, um, you know, it's a real lifestyle decision yeah. as well to live in that area. Yeah, absolutely. It's a beautiful area. And actually it was just announced yesterday that there is a Ontario's newest uh, university is coming to Niagara. University of Niagara, uh, University of Niagara, I believe it's called. Hmm. So the, uh, yeah, that was just announced yesterday by the mayor. Oh, God. I yeah, so by finish my master's. That's right. You're going to go finish your what? <laughs> my master's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, master's I, I'll go, I'm going to go move there and finish high school. Do you have high schools in the, <laughs> in the, in the area for me to get my grade 12? <laughs> Oh, you're all right. Oh, yeah, I got, I get by. Uh, 1111realty.ca. You know, we were just talking to our friend. Uh, I have a, a buddy who's living in the south of France. And I'm saying to Fred, you know, a lot of people, you know, with children, it's hard to think about retiring 
you know, somewhere too far away. And I just thought of it while talking to you, like that Niagara region is so beautiful, you know, for people that want to get away from the big city lifestyle and maybe, you know, move to someplace a little bit quieter or more, you know, just a, a, a different vibe and still be close enough to get to Toronto. Like, you know, you're an hour away from downtown Toronto. So you have the best of the of the real estate market there, but still have access to the big city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody's familiar with the uh, amenities that Niagara offers, not to mention the proximity to the U.S. Uh, if you're like me and you're sick of Pearson and its ridiculousness, you can just jump across to Buffalo. Yeah. I wish I could do that. I just came back through Pearson last week. It was ridiculous. Was it? Uh, well, it's just ridiculous. Like it's like there's nobody working. You know, like, you, you, <laughs> no, la- I know. you land and you got to wait on your plane for an hour for the other planes to to deboard. Like, anyway, don't yeah, get me yeah. started. Okay. Um, we're not here to talk about that. So, well, no, but you're right though. I've flown out of Hamilton. I've also flown out of uh, Niagara or from Buffalo. Yeah. It's a yeah. completely different vibe. Completely, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. And just one of the uh, amenities that's uh, part of living in the Niagara area. Um, anyways, dude, that's really, well, I'm glad to hear you say that, you know, the market is, it's not all doom and gloom and, uh, because I think there's definitely a a nervousness about when is the right time to buy and when is the right time to sell? I agree. And I think a big, um, a big asset for any investor or buyer would be to find yourself a real estate agent who specializes in pre-construction because they're the ones that are going to get you the different opportunities ahead of schedule. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we deal with uh, select few and I know so do all the other listing brokerages. So those are, those are, you know, real estate is like anything else. The 80, 20 rule applies. 80% of the business is done by 20% of the agents and 80% of the agents aren't doing much. Interesting. if you've had a bad experience with a realtor, you were probably using the 80% guys. So find a 20% one and they'll get you hooked up and uh, you'll, 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 have, you'll see some great opportunities right now. All right. So, well, here's uh, this is our first crack at your uh, theme song. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> there you go. Nice. That's Thor's, isn't it? <laughs> Mike, Michael Clausen uh, from 1111 Realty. That's uh, and If you go to the site, it's literally the number 1111. So 1111. 1111realty.ca. Until next time, my friend. Thanks for popping in. We appreciate the info. Thanks, Thank Mike. You guys. Good to see you, buddy. You too. Have a good one. Take Bye care. Now. There's Michael Clausen. Isn't this the song you played at the beginning? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's funny. This is called the immigrant song. Ah! Yeah, I'm uh, popping over to Charlie's tonight for this uh, lunch party. Oh, she was oh, is quite... that her? Oh, it's is it at her house? Well, yeah, at her little apartment there. She's gonna have like forty or fifty people. Oh, isn't that sweet? It is gonna be sweet. But she was serious when she said, "I don't want you showing up." Like she said, this, you know, I want you to just some, some, wear something nice. I'm like, I'll do my best, man. Do you, you know? have anything like that? I don't know. You know, who knows? Well, wait a minute. Uh, don't you still have stuff from that deal we had at the uh, <laughs> clothing <laughs> store? It was only eight, nine years ago. What was the clothing store? What, huh? was what was the clothing story for God? For the woman? What was her name? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. We did have a little clothing deal for a while. I forgot. I'm still wearing some of this. Yeah, I, you know what? It's funny it's you say that. Years. Yeah, I've got a shirt 
from that era. I could definitely. It's like a hip downtown shirt. Remember, we went and got you and I went and got like pants and a jacket and. Hmm. I had this red shirt that I used to wear in the winter and sometimes around Christmas. And one year, Delise said, you might want to get rid of that. And I said, why? Like, it just, I didn't even conceive getting rid of the shirt. And she said, well, you, how, how long have you had it? And I said, I don't know, five or six years. She said, what? And then there was a picture of me. And it was like the 13 years <laughs> that I had this red shirt. That's funny. I just lose track of time when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think women, uh, to be too gender specific, oh, uh, women, they care more. I, I can wear, like I said to Randy, I said, I just, I was wearing something when she was over a couple of weeks ago. I said, you see this? She goes, yeah, I go, mm-hmm. well, get used to it. I'm wearing this every day in France. It's just a hoodie and a pair of jeans. And that's why I'm not worried about not, you know, not packing a suitcase because I'll wear I'll wear two pairs of pants for the next, you know, 10 days, basically. Yeah, I don't know if I could talk to Lisa into a carry on. Because even when we go up to the Tin Palace, you wouldn't believe what she takes on a weekend, Howard. And I say, why? And she says, well, just in case. In case what? <laughs> in case people, in case a party I breaks out. I don't know. And, you know, I've got this little carry-on that I could easily put four days stuff in. But I don't know. But you know what I say? She always looks like a million bucks, so how can I complain? Right. <clears throat> and what does she say about the way you look? Uh, <laughs> she's like... Well, you know what? She, I don't think she has that much of a problem because she's such, she influences how I look. Well, right. To a large degree. She's you know? bought all that stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, listen, thanks yes. very much to uh, Michael Clausen. It's great having Lumby and Dan on from uh, the south of France. Charlie and James and uh, Booby Billy becoming fabulous, available today. And uh, Jackie Delaney will join us tomorrow for our monthly visit. We'll talk all things conservative politics. Yeah, and, I really uh, want to talk about that idiot in Alberta. My goodness. I hope Jackie doesn't defend her. What, oh. the uh, premier who, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. Oh. Just um, reading some of her history. Oh, yeah. And right. um, also uh, Thursday, lots of your emails and uh, a whole bunch of uh, feedback on our 11th anniversary. Uh, year 12 uh, is already underway. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. You can email us, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. We'd love to hear from you. And on whatever platform you're listening, help us out by liking, subscribing, and giving us all the stars you can. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, no matter where I am, France, Italy, or in the sky somewhere over the Atlantic, I'm still here. Enjoying every goddamn day. That was a good drum break. Pick yourself up off the side of the road with the elevator balls and you.